This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to episode 59 of the Animaniacast. For the love of K.O. Pectate, what's going on? Something's happening here, but it is exactly clear. Well, thank you for that. Hey, you kids, what are you doing? Go on, get away from my tree. Like, mellow out, you running dog squirrel. Hey, we're here for the Woodstock concert, man. Three days of rock from groups like Jefferson Airplane, The Band, The Who, The Grateful Dead. I'd be grateful, too, if I didn't have to listen to this noise. And welcome once again to the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast that is dedicated to the animated series, The Animaniacs. Here we explore the series episode by episode, exploring all the cultural references and gags that we can find. And in the end, we give each episode a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again is my brother Nathan. I can dig it, man. Far out. (laughs) And... Across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hi. Hello. Well, this is it, ladies and gentlemen. We've we've gotten to an episode that Kelly has talked about, I think, probably since the first episode we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's episode fifty nine, where we not only uh, show a, uh, a a cartoon from the vault, I guess you could say, <laughs> from the Warner Brothers. But also, uh, Woodstock Slappy. Woo! <laughs> so, what do you guys think? In a few words, if you were to just say these things in just a few words, what would you say about today's episode? Uh, Nathan? Uh, I'm going to go back in time. Something like that. <laughs> and Kelly, what about you? It's groovy and slappy, man. <laughs> Well, before we get into our discussion, uh, Nathan, tell us, when did this episode first premiere? This episode first premiered on Tuesday, March 1st of 1994. Uh Um, So this was actually the same day as the Grammys, which is kind of apt for the episode with Woodstock Slappy. So uh, we've got uh, Frank Sinatra received the Grammy Legend Award. And then his speech was cut short, which upset some people. Wow. And Selena became the first Trejano music singer to win a Grammy Award. And Nirvana played their final concert in Munich. And Canadian pop singer Justin Bieber is born. Oh, no. There were so many good Tejano. things. Tejano. Yeah, right. Yes. So. <laughs> let's, let's get the pronunciation right there correct on Selena. And I think it's not S- <laughs> Selena. It's Selena, I believe, is how you, you're, oh, well, you're supposed whatever. to pronounce it, Nathan. <laughs> there were so many great musical things that happened that day. And then Justin Bieber was born. So, eh. <laughs> hey, he's got a bunch of, bunch of hits, you know. What can you say? I, I could say a lot about Justin Bieber, none of which can <laughs> well, be repeated on this podcast, unfortunately. I, oh. <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of Justin Bieber. And the kids at my school love Justin Bieber. It upsets me. I'm like, do you have any idea how, what a... Anyway. <laughs> Almost ranted. Anyway, let's go ahead 
and get straight into our episode discussion. And it starts off with a water tower escape. This one's a little different. This is uh, the Warner Brothers are basically out on a, it's a sunny day. They open up the tower door and they put some bird seed. It's actually condor seed and a, a endangered California condor. It looks exactly like a California condor. Comes down and eats the seed. And while it is eating the seed, Yakko slaps a saddle on the bird and they all jump on the bird and then get over the studio wall and jump off and run away. And that's our cute little intro right there. What do you guys think? Any, any you know, thing about that studio uh, exit <laughs> before we move on? Uh, the condor kind of reminded me of the Looney Tunes kind of condor or kind of vulture thing. I don't yeah, know. buzzard. <laughs> buzzard or something. Yeah, it was probably intentional, right? They're related in some way. I've seen some guides say that uh, the, you know, a condor would never eat seed because, of course... They are, you know, carrion eaters. They would, they're scavengers. They would never do that. But whatever. Come on, it's a cartoon. So <laughs> that was our that was our opening segment. Um, yeah, there we go. Good animation once again. I forget the animation company that does these tower escapes, but they never disappoint. They're very good on the getting the Warners exactly the way I think they should look. So nice job. Recently, the Warner Studio janitorial staff uncovered this long-lost film starring Yakko, Wacko, and Dot, the year 1929. Let's go ahead and get straight over to our first major segment, and it is called Ragamuffins. Ragamuffins was written by Tom Minton, and it was directed by Barry Caldwell and John McClenahan. John McClenahan! And Nathan, why don't you tell us what happens here in Ragamuffins? All right, so this is a Warner Brothers featured cartoon from 1929. It's an old-timey cartoon. Um, We watch the Warners as they go from rags to muffins, I guess you can say. (laughs) They start off as homeless uh, uh, on the streets, and they just want some food. They end up uh, sneaking into a bakery, basically, pretending to be bakers. And they're constantly just trying to eat the food. And the head chef, or whatever he's called, uh, does not want them to eat any food. So the whole time they're um, chasing each other around. Finally, uh, at break time, they get a snack, but the, the boss steals their snack. So they that means uh, Warner, or whatever. Uh, <laughs> they uh, end up harassing the boss because he gets thrown into all the machines. And by the time he's done turning into a pastry, uh, he kind of gives up and they get to eat everything. And I'm assuming the bakery closes. So <laughs> goes out of business. Yeah. The warders strike again. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good salute to, you know, cartoons from the 1920s and 30s. Uh, there are quite a few, uh, you know, I guess you could call them small references, I suppose. Uh, first of all, I don't know about you guys, but. It reminded me a little bit of I Love Lucy with the whole uh, chocolate uh, conveyor belt kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that's just more coincidental, I suppose, than anything. Because, of course, I Love Lucy would happen in the 1950s and stuff, not the 1920s or 30s. But it's still, you know, same kind of gag, you know, moving stuff along the conveyor belt and 
getting it made. But uh, you know, there's there's some there's some stuff going on with uh, the bull and everything. At one point, the bull gets covered with pastry and everything, and looks for some reason a lot like Donald Duck. I don't know if he he looks more like Donald Duck than Daffy Duck or anything like that. So I thought that was kind of odd that the Warner Brothers people decided to do a Donald Duckish kind of thing. Um, but he does. I guess the biggest reference is really when the Warner Brothers get covered with pastry at one point, and they, well, hey, they're the, they're the, like the Marx Brothers, and even Wacko is doing a, a gookie as a Harpo right there. So in case you did not know for certain <laughs> that the writers are trying to uh, mix Marx Brothers stuff with Animaniacs, here we go again. <laughs> Yakko is... Go ahead. That's like the most overt reference to the Marx Brothers I think we've seen. I think, well, you know, there was one in Hercule Yakko where they, you know, they fell out of the closet and she says, oh, yeah, oh. it's a night at the opera. But even that wasn't like, you know, these are the Marx Brothers. Like, Yeah, this one they're clearly saying which one is which Marx Brother. Like, Exactly. So, I don't know. That was, that was quite, you know, cool to see. But, um... I don't know. I guess that's really it for the references. I mean, what do you guys think about this uh, first uh, cartoon? Um, let's start with Nathan. What do you think? Um, I liked how uh, Wacko kept eating people's ideas. It was kind of a neat little <laughs> trick that he can do. like yeah, To make them stop thinking about that, right? Yeah, like the uh, like the the head chef like recognizes them like right away. Like I think these might be those uh, those orphan kids or whatever, and then yeah. Just, thought it's gone so he's like all right come on in <laughs> yeah they they changed their costumes very neatly with just a, a magic paintbrush from uh wacko's bag um but i gotta talk about their costumes real quick how cool was it just to see like a little variation of their standard costume you know they had little patches and stuff on them i just thought that was kind of cool i don't know if you noticed that yeah. as well and then wacko still has his like lucky red hat or whatever yes with a big, yeah, and of course, yeah, that's true. Wacko is wearing his lucky hat or whatever you want to call it underneath his chef hat. He has to, you know, mm-hmm. be double hatted. It's just not right. <laughs> um, Kelly, what about you? Anything that stood out? Well, I, it really bothered me when, like, they would eat the pecans or pecans, whichever you prefer. <laughs> um, and then uh, Yakko spit it back out onto the, um, I guess, cupcake or whatever it was. Yeah. And they, they kept eating things and then putting them back, putting it back on the food when they would get caught and the food would keep going down the conveyor belt. And I know it's a cartoon, but it drove me crazy because I was like, that is so unsanitary. It, exactly. Yes. And yeah, I was, I was, I count myself going, ew, a few times on this. Um, there was that pecan thing. And then, of course, Dot gets her tongue he tries to keep Dot away from eating the food, and so he wraps her tongue around, you know, do, you know, around Dot to keep her tied to a chair. And her tongue starts, you know, still trying to lick everything. Uh, it just keeps extending and extending, which is something that I've, I, I don't know. It seems different. It doesn't seem uh, in character for Dot to be able to do that for some reason. Uh, seems more like a wacko thing with his tongue being able to, you know, being always out of his mouth like that, but. It was still kind of cool. A nice fight scene right there between the tongue and the bull. <laughs> but there's another gross part, too, where they're eating all the... Uh, the Wacko's eating all the frosting, 
and the bull mm-hmm. is just so adamant that they don't get any of the food that he squeezes it out of Wacko's mouth like a like a frosting uh, squeezer or something like that. It was so gross. So this bull is more concerned with saving the food than keeping it sanitary. <laughs> yeah, he's is... like a poo from uh, The Simpsons. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, a poo has to make okay another Simpsons reference. Good. <laughs> Sorry. Nathan Nathan works on the Simpsons references and Kelly and I will work on the Star Wars references of connecting it. As always. And I and I, and I have like dominion over the Spielberg references. Yes, that's true. We will not do we will not step on your feet when it comes to that. Don't worry. Um, Close Encounters is back in theaters this week, by the way. Just saying. Ooh. And ET's coming after that, isn't it? Yes, it's it's going to be a good month for Kelly. Oh boy. Uh, any other any other things that you got particularly liked in this one, uh, Nathan? Um, no, I mean, uh, I thought it was a funny cartoon. I like the the sound effects and the music was fun. But I, I think it's important to point out that this episode or this cartoon is announced to be uh, was originally released in 1929. And Nathan, what's what's wrong with that? What what would I, be wrong in the timeline? Well, if you watch the, that terrible, terrible intro <laughs> uh, <laughs> explaining where the Animaniacs came from, which is called, came, which is called, of course, I'm uh, not going to give it a name. <laughs> I refuse. Newsreel of the stars. So they came out in 1930, but they're Time Lords, so they can go to whatever year they want. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yes, yeah, and of course, if this was a truly a 1929 cartoon, I'll tell you as much as the animation can be inconsistent on uh, on Animaniacs with different uh, animation studios, um, and it, uh, by all means, this the animation in this wasn't like superb Disney, you know, quality. It was a hundred times better than any animation you would really see in 1929. Um, which was always done by like just a few people. I mean, you look at like Steamboat Willie or uh, you know Plain Crazy, which are all you know around 1928, 1929. Uh, they're really great cartoons, but you know the animation itself is it's just getting started. You know that they haven't gotten the science of animation down completely, so it's uh, the movement isn't as fluid as it is in this one. But yeah, it is. It's all you know. The whole timey wimey stuff going on, right? <laughs> yeah. So who cares? Another more evidence, like Nathan said, that the Warners are actually Time Lords. So still waiting to put that special together. One of these days, yeah. we'll get our we'll get our Animaniacs, our Time Lords special Animaniacs episode, Animaniacast episode, I should say. Uh, okay. Well, Kelly, anything else that you want to mention about this that you particularly liked, or uh, Nathan? No? I like the animation, and I I, I like the um, the facial expressions um, and and the style of the um, I don't know the the head chef or boss or you know whatever he was. Uh huh. Because um, I was confused. I saw that they were hiring and, and had to wear chef's hats, so I was like, oh, they're going to be cooking, and then it's like, no, they're just putting stuff on conveyor belts. So it's more like. <laughs> manufacturing facility than bakery yeah it's uh, it's funny that it's what? all it's all in the back of a uh a, a restaurant apparently so the way that this layout of the city is is laid out it's like you have the industrial center right next to the downtown area too it's 
it's all <laughs> it's it's funny how that that works. Just go in the alley and you can work there in the in the <laughs> industrial place. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, I, I just I just like the look of the cartoon. I yeah. thought it was it was cool. I I'm not I prefer the ones that have good dialogue. So uh-huh. this one didn't have any of that. Um, so it it wasn't one of my my favorites. But um, but I, I appreciated what they were trying to accomplish and and kind of you know go back to to the early cartoons of of the 1920s and mm-hmm. um, you know a lot of kids watching it you know, now and, and back when Animaniacs first aired, probably wouldn't have been exposed to that kind of cartoon at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I guess if, you know, one last thing I'll, I'll kind of point out real quick is the, the coloring, I, I don't know, was it distracting at all to you guys when the light bulb was yellow and the red bowl cape was red? Or did you just kind of... No. No? I think th- those are fine because those are the Warner's things. They have a red nose, so then right. they can also create color. Like through thoughts and through yeah, Wacko's bag or whatever. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. The the light bulb to me was a little distracting, but I thought later with the with the cape, you know, like with the red bull cape, I thought like, well, why is that red? And I thought, well, would that really have the same dramatic effect for the audience to know like the bull is getting upset because it's a red cape? Like a gray cape wouldn't really uh, have the same effect, I would think. But anyway. nice opening episode or cartoon uh let's go straight on to the next one kelly mentioned that she likes verbal uh comedy and this second one definitely has it it is called woodstock slappy and woodstock slappy was written by john p mccann and tom ruger and it was directed by adu payden and kelly Tell us, what happens here in Woodstock Slappy? Woodstock Slappy is so funny. I love (laughs) it. Um, Slappy is trying to get Skippy out to the country because he's talking weird and wearing John Lennon glasses and she doesn't understand. And so she wants to kind of get him him away and start speaking English again and wants uh, some rest and relaxation. So they, they go to a tree in the country and then... Overnight, about 300,000 people show up because it's Woodstock. It's 1969. We've, we've jumped in time 30 years later than the previous cartoon, and now we're at Woodstock. And it's loud music and people cheering and giving peace signs and wearing tie-dye. And she doesn't know what to make of it at all. But Skippy's having the time of his life, and he's like, you know, chill out and be groovy and slappy man and, you know, go with the flow. And she says, I'm not going anywhere with flow. She's just <laughs> so cranky, and they go out and take a look at what the you know what's going on on stage, and they go through this whole routine because the Who is on stage, but Skip or Slappy keeps saying you know who's on stage or no what is the name of the band on stage, and Skippy goes who, the name of the band who, the band on stage who. That's what I'm asking you. And she, it goes through this whole thing back and forth. And she's like, you know, is the band on stage? No, the band's playing later. 
and <laughs> it's it's hilarious. And I used to make my, my mother watch it all the time. Like you have to watch Woodstock Slappy with me again. It's so funny. Who is on stage? Yes. Who is? Yes. Oh, so the name of the band is Yes. No, and Slappy. Yes is not even at this concert. Then who is on stage? Yes. Who is? Yes. That's what I just said. Yes is on stage. No, yes is not here. Who is on stage? What are you asking me for? I'm not. Wait, let's try this again. Do you see the band on stage? No, I don't see the band. That's a different group entirely. On stage, Skippy. Look, see the band? No, I don't. Get rid of those John Lennon glasses and look. There, there's the band. No, that's not the band. The band is performing later on. Who's on stage? You tell me. Who? The name of the group on stage. Who? The name of the group. Who? The group on stage. Who? The band. No, the band is performing later. Right now we're listening to who? That's what I want to know. And, of course, it's sort of a play on the, the who's on first, um... Who? Uh, Abbott and who Costello. Yes. Okay. I couldn't remember the names. So they they originated that. So sort of a play on that. But it's it's just funny the way they incorporate the names of performers of, of the era, and they even work in some, I think, song lyrics in some of the the dialogue throughout the episode. Um, there's a point where they say the sound of silence. Knock it off with the Bing Crosby, Stills and Nash, will you? Why? Cause the only tune I want to hear is the sound of silence. Can you dig that? I hear ya. And um, what's happening here or what it is, I'm not exactly clear. Isn't that from a song? It is. Yeah. It's, okay. uh, it's uh, you know, stop, hey, what's that sound? Oh, yeah. Okay. And, and I always think of, again, I always think of the Muppets. You ever see that Muppets one where they're, they're singing that song and... There's something happening. What it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there telling me I've got to beware. It's time we stop, stop. children. What's that sound? Everybody look what's going round. Stop, children. What's that sound? Everybody look what's going round. Hunters are going through and shooting all the the squirrels and everything. It's it's hilarious. That's all. Well, that's the first thing I think of every time I hear that that song. <laughs> not not hippies or anything, but well, that sort of makes it appropriate for this episode, right? Exactly. <laughs> so um, so it's just it's funny the the dialogue between Skippy and Slappy, and Skippy looks so cute with his glasses, and he's just really enjoying this whole vibe with his lava lamp and his love posters and he's he's just adorable so i i love this episode it's one of my it's my favorite sloppy in episode all right well there are quite a few uh references to go through this and everything like that uh what i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna simply read through the old reference guide created back in the 1990s by some delightful people who or I think they eventually joined the Please, Please, Please Get a Life Foundation. They actually did do a very good list here on GeoCities back in the day. <laughs> so I'm going to list off some of these right now for us. Uh, Walter Cronkite 
ish voice right at the beginning. In case for those kids listening right now who don't know who Walter Cronkite is, he was just one of those. He was always one of those reporters that, well, he he's one of the you know he's reported on the first man on the moon and the assassination of Kennedy, and he was always like around when you were even as a kid. For me, growing up in the eighties and nineties, it was always oh Walter Cronkite. He's that old reporter guy who. Everyone could still know his voice, even though he wasn't really on the air that much. uh, Skippy, I should say, in his uh, room in the country cabin sort of tree, (laughs) has a hair poster. And many people have pointed out that Woodstock happened in 1969. But the musical hair or the, you know, album Hair by the Who did not come out until 1970. So... Maybe Time Lord stuff going on, perhaps, or uh, Skippy was just such a big fan he got an advanced copy of the poster. I don't know. Going up the country, gotta get away. Gotta leave the city, gotta get away. We might even see the USA. I love the song that they play right at the beginning when they're hopping on the power lines going to Woodstock and the, uh, the <laughs> going up the country. Uh, or going down the country, whatever, by canned heat. Um, it's a kind of a more of a parody of it because <laughs> it just kind of trails off into mumbling, which I thought was quite funny. I don't know about you guys, but I thought that was quite funny. Uh, yes, we mentioned that something's happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. And that's from the song uh, For What It's Worth by Buffalo Springfield. Slappy mentions she wants the sound of silence, which is from Gar- Simon and Garfunkel. Of course, we mentioned the who's on, the who's on first thing. We get to the part where the musicians are playing on stage, and some of these songs I had no idea what they were parroting, uh, so I had to actually look up some of these. One of them, uh, the guy starts counting about one, two, three, all that stuff. And it's two. Six, what am I singing for? Don't ask me, I don't give a hoot. Just pay me with lots of loot. And it's eight, ten, twelve. I'm just killing time. My contract says to sing a song. Yeah, I made a rhyme. And that is from uh, Country Joe McDonald, who sang a uh, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm fixing to die rag. It was a, a Vietnam. Uh, war uh, protest song. Well, come on, all of you big strong men. Uncle Sam needs your help again. Got himself in a terrible jam. Way down yonder in Vietnam. Put down your books and pick up a gun. We're gonna have a whole lot of fun. And it's one, two, three. What are we fighting for? Don't ask me, I don't give a damn. The next stop is Vietnam. And it's five, six, seven. Open up the pearly gates. Well, I never heard that song before. Yeah. Hmm. Who's got a box of brand new crackers? I've got some brand new cheese. Brand new cheese is a parody of a, a, a artist named Melanie and her song "Brand New Key." You're avoiding me. Oh, I 
think it was on a commercial for something once. Yeah, yeah. some car. It was like for a car commercial, I think, wasn't it? I don't know. It was just a few something. years ago. I remember that was on all the time. So that's that's where I'm probably most familiar with. And uh, of course, Joe Cocker, uh, with a little help from my friends, is parodied. And if you're from the 90s like me, then it's, you think of, you know, Wonder Years, of course. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> what would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song. I will try not to sing out of key. Oh baby, And let's see here, the the Who is up there, and they're they're bashing their uh, guitars because Slappy does it. I said leave. Oh, very groovy, isn't it, mates? Totally. We are the Who! Many people in the reference guide point out that the Who, by the Woodstock era, uh, they used to they used to slam their instruments down, but by 1969, they had stopped doing that. Eh, take that for what you will. <laughs> Probably they couldn't afford to replace them anymore. Yeah, exactly. After a while, you kind of you just have to smash it a few times to get some press, and then you just go, okay, that's good enough. <laughs> Uh, and at the very end, uh, Slappy is singing a polka version to clear out the the crowd. She sings a polka version of the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, oh, that's not true. Oh, it's not? Well, she sings the Star Spangled Banner at the end of the cartoon. Uh-huh. But to clear people out, she plays a polka, uh, some other polka song. Let's polka! Uncle Yasha lost his shoe, it fell in a bog, he did too. Uncle Schmida grabbed his foot, he jumped in the bog and went kaput. <gasps> yes, that's right. Okay, you're right, Nathan. She, okay. she starts a polka thing, but then it turns into Star Spangled Banner, right? At well, the, it's after everyone leaves. After everyone's and gone. Like a dove lands on a guitar. Yep, the dove. There. Yeah, exactly. The and dove landing on the guitar is very symbolic to like, the Woodstock symbol. Mm-hmm. In the land of the free, now that's comedy. Jimi Hendrix was up on stage with her, and Jimi Hendrix played the Star Spangled Banner, uh, you know, like, awesome version that we've most... Everyone's heard that version. One that was pretty abstract, but did for some reason stick out to me was when the people were running away from Slappy's polka and they were rushing onto the helicopter. It, it's very reminiscent of the shot of people evacuating the U.S. Embassy with the fall of Saigon during the Vietnam War. <laughs> so 
there's lots of history in this episode. There's lots of comedic references. It, there's just it, there's a lot of stuff, and it's really funny. What do you guys think, uh, Kelly? Anything else that you you really particularly liked in this one? I mean, I know we mentioned a lot of stuff, but anything else you like? I just like the whole thing. <laughs> just hundred percent whole thing. Nathan, what about you? I liked having cameos from both the Warners and Doctor Scratch and Sniff. I didn't find Doctor Scratch and Sniff. Where was he? Um, you can see it's just his head sticking out. Okay. Um, there's there's a framed there's a there's a picture of it if you want to look at in your show notes. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Nathan. I couldn't pull up the picture, but now Nathan is holding up his phone up <laughs> to the computer screen for us both both to see. Yes, Dr. Scratch and Sniff is, in fact, in Woodstock. He is bald. He is not wearing a, ha- a hairpiece or anything like that. But it looks like, when is that? Is that at the very end when they're, when they're all escaping? Or when is yeah, that? I think it's right before the helicopter shot. It's, they all jump into a van, and then there's okay. loads and loads of people. And I had to stop it a couple times to try to you know, just keep stop and start, stop and start, and then just try right. to catch up to like, For those of you who have forgotten, for those of you who haven't forgotten, and for those of you who never knew. By the time we got to Woodstock. Woodstock, an incredible film about an incredible event, is back. Man, there's supposed to be a man and a half people here by tonight. Can you dig that? It's really amazing. It looks like some kind of uh, biblical, epical, unbelievable scene. Woodstock, with a cast of a half a million outrageously friendly people. Have any of you seen that documentary, Woodstock? No. No? Nope. I remember... uh, I remember our, my dad was like, they were showing it on PBS when I was a kid, and he was like, "Oh, Woodstock! It's the I think it, it must have been the uh, the twentieth. I guess it had to be the twentieth anniversary of Woodstock. Uh, so it must eight nineteen eighty nine. He sat us down and said, "Okay, let's let's watch this. This is the twentieth anniversary of Woodstock, guys. This was something great." And I said, "Okay, Dad." I sat down and watched it, and. There's naked people in that documentary <laughs> because the flower chi- the flower children had no need for ch- for clothes. So all of a sudden, I'm watching this documentary and I'm seeing topless women <laughs> going across the screen. And I remember my dad going, "Oh wait, okay, whoops, I forgot about that." <laughs> so that's but it's history. It's history. It's fine. There was a little allusion to some nudity in this one. Um, there's a little kid who I think at the beginning is wearing a diaper, but towards the end of the episode is just wearing flowers around his waist. Um, so there you go. Yeah, it was just a really, really cool thing. It's it's history and it's hilarity. What can I say? Nathan, anything you want to uh, anything else that I missed or you want to mention before we uh, wrap things up? Um, I just thought it was very funny. I, I think if Slappy was listening to that one woman, she mentions like the Who and the band. I think <laughs> in her speech of like bands that are going to be playing later today. So it's like 
It's funny that Slabby missed that. I think she knew all along because if you watch them closely, at the end of it, they kind of do this little wink and bow to the audience like and that is yeah. our gig you know that's our gag ladies and gentlemen thank you very much and of course everyone in the crowd loves it it's so um by the way for those of you who are interested in the complete abbott and costello routine of who's on first what's on second uh check after the credits of today's episode and i will include the full uncut thing. As far as I know, I think that's I think that's all in the public domain right now. So I'll put that up with without any concern about being sued. Uh, in either way, it's for educational purposes only. So therefore, we're not making money off of it. So you know, take that for what you will uh, to the estate of Abbott and Costello. <laughs> so <laughs> um, well, before we get to our water tower rating, uh, Nathan, there's one last thing that happened in this episode. What is it? Oh, so the Warners have to get back to the water tower, and Ralph is chasing them back to it, of course, because um, it's his job. So they uh, take out a lasso out of Wacko's bag, lasso the top of the water tower, and then climb up. When Ralph goes to try to pull the rope, a horse falls on his head. <laughs> well, at least it wasn't an anvil this time, right? Exactly. I was like, I uh, thought it was interesting there, so... <laughs> Well, at least that was different. Um, and for the record, I totally forgot this was even on. I don't know why I didn't see this one. I I don't know. <laughs> I remember I, we, I watched the episode two times, but I think Woodstock Slappy was just so funny that I uh, I just stopped watching after that. I don't know why. I blocked out. I laughed and blocked out, apparently. So. <laughs> I almost turned the episode off after Woodstock Slappy. I was like, oh, wait, there's more. Yeah. Oh, so there you, there, there you go. Uh, well, let's go ahead and wrap things up and let's get over to our water tower rating. Well, what do you guys think? Out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give this one? Uh, Nathan, let's start with you. I'm going to give it four and a half. Okay, why is that? Um, I The Slappy is the best slappy and skippy cartoon for sure and then that uh that ragamuffins was pretty good but i would just skip past it just to watch the slappy and squirrel i think (laughs) (laughs) okay i'll give it four and a half as well i mean it it was a it was a very excellent solid episode just excellent excellent episode kelly what do you think i i'll also do four and a half i um i love woodstock slappy and and i always did skip past the the first segment just to watch woodstock slappy and um, and since I I don't like the silent cartoons that much, um, you know that's the only reason it got bumped down. But Woodstock Slappy more than makes up for for the first uh, for Ragamuffins. So four and a half. Okay, so let's go ahead and get on over to our poll results from last week. Now, last week listeners were asked which of these Pinky and the Brain cartoons is your favorite. And we had three different choices last week. We had Brain Meets Brawn, which was when uh, the brain was kind of turning into uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Mr. Mon- Hyde. Yeah, Mr. Hyde. Yeah. I keep wanting him to call him Dr. Jekyll, but he's not. Dr. Jekyll's a good ha- guy. We talked about that. We did. Episode, we yeah. did, yeah. It's all <laughs> I still, and I will forever have that problem. Uh, so Brain Meets Brawn. Then we had the Hell Pinky formula, which is when they had kind of like a... Uh, uh, info commercial thing with a formula to make people small. And we had Meet John Brain, where the brain ran for 
president of the United States. The Helpinky formula got 20%. Brain Meets Brawn got 29%. But it was Meet John Brain that won. It got 51% of the vote. And that is your our winner. So what do you guys think? Out of those three choices, which one was your favorite? Uh, Nathan, what do you think? I voted for Meet John Brain just because it's it just a political episode. It's very interesting learning about politics, I guess. <laughs> uh, Kelly, what about you? Um, I also liked uh, Meet John Brain. It, uh, it was an interesting take on um, politics in America. Okay. Um, I actually voted for uh, Brain Meets Brawn because even though the other, I mean, the other two have very good satirical comments, right? One's about politics, one's about consumerism. Uh, Brain Meets Brawn had a uh, just a s- great animation and just a nice, simple uh, thing. I just like this. I like everything about that one. So, well, but I was in the minority on that one, I suppose. <laughs> uh, well, let's go ahead and get to the poll for this week. Uh, Nathan, what is it? Okay, so we had a fourth uh, like old-timey kind of cartoon now. So the question is, which one is the best old-timey or like recovered Warner cartoon, basically? Yeah, from the Uh, vault. Yeah, exactly. Pulled from the Water Tower vault or something. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, There's the Babbling Bayou which uh, that's the one where Dot ends up jumping into the screen and trying to uh, marry the Sheik or something like that. Like, Yeah, they're jumping it, around it, with a camel and all that stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, Toy Shop Terror, where it's a kind of a Christmas episode where they're playing with all the toys uh, downstairs. And there's like a um, giant robot chases them around. Exactly. And then there's also, uh, of course, you know, This Means Warner, which is an educational cartoon teaching kids about uh, what to do during wars, I guess. <laughs> Save money. <laughs> Recycle stuff. Yeah, what you can do for your as your part. And then there's today's episode of Ragamuffins. So, there you go. Where it teaches you to save food. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All very educational cartoons. <laughs> very educational. Well, head on over to twitter.com slash animaniacast or simply search on Twitter for hashtag animaniacastpoll and you can make your voice heard. Well, let's go ahead and get straight to some contact information. Nathan, where can people get in contact with you online? You can find me on Twitter, folks. Uh, Django FT, that's me. And Kelly, what about you? I'm on Twitter at Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S, or email me, Kelly, at BigShinyRobot.com. Yes. As for just the, uh, the our show in general, you can see us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. And, uh, hey, if you want to send us an email, go ahead and send it over to Animaniacast at RetroZap.com. And speaking of RetroZap.com, you can head on over there for a full listing of Lots of articles, videos, stuff in general. It's fantastic. It's growing every day. And we have a ton of podcasts over on the RetroZap network, such as the ArgCast, Beltway Banthas, Brews and Blasters, Classic Marvel Star Wars Comics, The DeuceCast Movie Show, Dorklair, DuneCast, Kanata's Castle, The Sandcrawler, Skywalking Through Neverland, Starships, Sabres, and Scoundrels, Talking Apes TV, Techno, Retro Dads, The Trade Federation, We Know Nothing, and so much more to come. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what you should do. 
you should just go over to iTunes, head to there and subscribe to the RetroZap feed, and that way you can get every single one of their those podcasts, including this podcast, delivered to your device every day, free of charge. What? It's an amazing thing. <laughs> so... <laughs> You can also head over to Animaniacast.com where you can see a full archive of all of our previous shows on RetroZap. And, you know, hey, we haven't got some iTunes reviews in a while, have we? No. <laughs> so <laughs> we're desperate for them, guys. For every numeral of five that we get, we're going to do another contest and send a care package of Animaniacs decals out to one of our reviewers. So uh, go over to iTunes, leave us a positive five-star review. We so much appreciate it. Plus, then we can do another contest, which I like doing. They're fun to do. Well, that pretty much does it for us. So for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacs unless otherwise indicated. Yeah, groovy and slappy man groovy. Well, look, Mr. Blores, I mean, after all, if you're in a ballpark, they always sell peanuts and popcorns and things like that. I know that, Sebastian, but not in front of them. I, I beg, I beg your pardon, Frank. Ladies and please. gentlemen, and also the I... children, will you excuse me for a minute, please? Thank you. What do you want to do? Look, Mr. Blores, right. what are you doing? I love baseball. Well, we all love baseball. When we get to St. Louis, will you tell me the guys' names on the team so when I go to see them in that St. Louis ballpark, I'll be able to know those fellas? Well, now, it's all right, folks. All right. Excuse me, I, all want, right. I want to find out the fellas' names. As long as it's okay I'm, with the I'm audience. crazy about baseball. Oh. Will you stand still? Pick up your hat. Go pick up your hat. Okay. Now, look. Then you'll go and peddle your popcorn and don't interrupt the act anymore? Yes, sir. All right. But you know, strange may seem they give ball players nowadays very peculiar names. Funny names? Nicknames, pet not, names. Not as funny as my name, Sebastian Dinwiddie. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Funnier than that? Oh, absolutely. Whee! Yes. Now, on the St. Louis team, we have uh, who's on first, what's on second. I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find out. I want you to tell me the names of the fellas on the St. Louis I'm, team. I'm telling you, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. Do you know the fellas' names? Yes. Well, then who's playing first? Yes. I mean, the fellas' name on first base. Who? The fella playing first base for St. Louis. Who? The guy on first base. Who is on first? Well, what are you asking me for? I'm not asking you. I'm telling you who is on first. I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy on first. Who? The first base. Who is on first? Have you got a first baseman on first? Certainly. Then who's playing first? Absolutely. When you pay off the first baseman every month, who gets the money? Every dollar of it. Why not? The man's entitled to it. Who is? Yes. So who gets it? Why shouldn't he? Sometimes his wife comes down and collects it. Whose wife? Yes. 
After all, the man earns it. Who does? Absolutely. Well, all I'm trying to find out is what's the guy's name on first base? Oh, no, no. What is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? That's what I'm trying to find out. Well, don't change the players. I'm not changing nobody. Take it easy. What's the guy's name on first base? What's the guy's name on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. He's on third. We're not talking about him. How did I get on third base? You mentioned his name. If I mention a third baseman's name, who did I say is playing third? No, who's playing first? Stay off of first, will you? Well, what do you want me to do? Now, what's the guy's name on third base? Well, what's on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. He's on third. There I go, back on third again. Well, I can't change their names. Will you please stay on third base, Mr. Broadhurst? Please. Now, what is it you want to know? What is the fella's name on third base? What is the fella's name on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. Third base. You got an outfield? Oh, sure. St. Louis has got a oh, good outfield? Absolutely. The left fielder's name. Why? I don't know. I just thought I'd ask you. Well, I just thought I'd tell you. Then tell me who's playing left field. Who is playing first? Stay out of the infield. Well, don't mention their names out here. I want to know what's the fellow's name in left field. What is on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who is on first? I don't know. Third, Third base. base. Oh, take it easy. Take it easy, man. And the left fielder's name? Why? Because. Oh, he's center field. He's center. Will you pick up your hat, please? Pick up your hat and look. stop this. Oh, look, Mr. Broadhurst. Yes. Wait a minute. You got a pitcher on a team? Wouldn't this be a fine team without a pitcher? I don't know. Tell me the pitcher's name. Tomorrow. You don't want to tell me today? I'm telling you, man. Then go ahead. Tomorrow. What time? What time what? What time tomorrow are you going to tell me who's pitching? Now, listen. Who is not pitching? Who is on? I'll break your arm, you say. Who's on first? I come up here and ask. I want to know what's the pitcher's name. What's on second? I don't know. Third base. You got a catcher? Yes. The catcher's name. Today. Today. And tomorrow's pitching. Now you've got it. That's all. St. Louis has got a couple of days on the team. Well, I can't help that. All right. (laughs) What do you want me to do? Got a catcher? Yes. I'm a good catcher, too, you know. I know that. I would like to play for the St. Louis team. Well, I might arrange that. I I would like to catch. Now, I'm being a good catcher. Tomorrow's pitching on the team and I'm catching. Yes. Tomorrow throws the ball and the guy up bunts the ball. Yes. Now, when he bunts the ball, me being a good catcher, I want to throw the guy out at first base, so I pick up the ball and throw it to who? Now, that's the first thing you've said right. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Well, that's all you have to do. Is to throw it to first base. Yeah. Now, who's got it? Naturally. Who has it? Naturally. 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 Okay. Now you've got it. I pick up the ball and I throw it to naturally. I know you Eat. don't. You throw the ball to first base. Then who gets it? Naturally. Okay. All right. I throw the ball to naturally. You don't. Eat. You throw it to who? Naturally. Well, that's it. Say it that way. That's what I said. You did not. I said I throw the ball to naturally. You don't. You throw it to who? Naturally. Yes. So I throw the ball to first base and naturally gets no, it. No, you throw the ball to first base. Then who gets naturally. it? Naturally. That's what I'm saying. You're not saying that. Excuse me, folks. All right, I'm sorry, friend. I throw the ball to naturally. You throw it to who? Naturally. Naturally, we'll say it that way. That's what I'm saying. Don't get excited now. Don't get I excited. I throw the ball to first base. Then who gets it? He better get it. All right, now don't get excited. Take it easy. Hmm. Now I throw the ball to first base. Whoever it is drops the ball so the guy runs a second. Mm-hmm. Who picks up the ball and throws it to what? What throws it? I don't know. I don't know. Throws it back to tomorrow. A triple play. Yeah, it could be. Another guy gets up and it's a long fly ball to be caused. Why? I don't know. He's on third and I don't care. What was that?
I said, I don't care. Oh, that's our shortstop. Here it. 